Welcome to the weekly podcast all about turning the great American RV adventure into stress-less camping. Each week we explore tips, tricks, ideas, and destinations and talk to the happiest campers in the RV world. Pull up a seat at the campfire as we enjoy some stress-less camping. Welcome to the campfire. I'm Tony. I'm Peggy. And we are two RV industry veterans who travel part-time in a small trailer. <laughs> Looking to share big adventures and help you with great tips, tricks, and discounts. So we're on the road again. We're not standing in our Sticks and Bricks studio. No. So even though we both have a script right in front of us, we're still goofing up just because we're out of our element. Well, well we're in our different element. We're in a place that you would not expect to find yeah. us. We are up on the 14th floor of a hotel, basically, in Las Vegas, overlooking the strip. Yeah. And that's not our usual MO. We are not really hotel people. We're not, but we got a free room with a jacuzzi tub yeah. from my sister, so we decided to take it. The yeah. camper's sitting in a campground by itself, waiting for us to come back. Yeah. So we're just trying a different location. We're not loving it. Yeah, we're not especially hotel people. No. But that's okay. We used to be. But we did not anymore. Now that we have our camper and our bed and our refrigerator and our food and our toilet, we like all that stuff better. Yes. But again, free fancy hotel room, just hanging out with family, couldn't pass it yes. up. <laughs> it's Peggy's grandmother's 99th birthday, so That's right. we all gather. Uh, Peggy's family is really good about gathering together to uh, celebrate these major milestones and all that. So it's uh, it's a pretty cool thing, and we're enjoying it. Yep. Anyway, we would like to remind you of our podcast episode and story, Checklists Make for Stressless Camping, because... We've seen some people make some mistakes that are pretty common and really, really easy to avoid the mistakes if you use a checklist. Things such as when to lift your jacks, which is before you start lifting the tongue of your travel trailer. We're talking about stabilizer jacks, of course. Yeah. But also things like don't unhook your travel trailer before you put really good wheel chocks because mm -hmm. that we've seen is is quite a nasty surprise right and i also just wanted to remind people that you really should not go away from your campsite with your awning out oh that's a great point or we also turn our water off when we step away from the trailer right exactly we don't want to take a chance that there's something going to happen in the plumbing while we're away so we turn the, the city water off and that takes the pressure off. So if anything was to go wrong, only the water that's already pressurized would cause problems. And that'll be a small problem. Yeah, compared to what can happen. It's very expensive. So just, again, checklists make for stressless camping. We will put a link in our show notes to that information. And just a quick reminder, our show notes, we have moved permanently to our website, stresslesscamping.com. Each episode has its own web page. This is episode number 117, and it will have its own web page with links and the things that we talk about and that sort of stuff is always there. Right. So that's where you find the show notes now. Right. So we have some really fun guests this week. Not only fun, but 
we've been looking at some people who make their living full-time on the road. Right. And Renee and Ron are full-time RVers who have a truly unusual business that you're going to really want to hear about yeah. after this. Camping is all about great experiences, and that's why we love Harvest Hosts. Harvest Hosts is the gateway to beautiful overnighting experiences. And with Harvest Hosts, you can boondock at wineries and breweries, cultural destinations, golf courses, so much more. It's a great alternative to traditional campgrounds. Yeah, a lot of those really great pictures you've seen online, like Instagram and such, have been taken at Harvest Host destinations, and you can experience those yourself. You can, and we've got a good deal on Harvest Host memberships on our partners page at StresslessCamping.com. Enjoy your next Stressless Camping getaway at a beautiful destination and save money in the process. Winner, winner. Everyone's a winner. Yeah. Hey, chicken dinner. <laughs> we are with Renee and Ron Kipp, who together own a company called Polymenders. Renee and Ron, welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Thank oh, you for thank having you us. Thank you for having us, Peggy and Tony. Now, okay, for our listeners, well, first, mm -hmm. it's important to know that you are full-time RVers who make your Correct. living on the road. Yes. Doing something really unusual a company called Polymenders. So I think the first question has to be, what is Polymenders? We are a company that goes to playgrounds all over the country, whether it's a parks and rec or a school district or an HOA, and they have problems with their slides or the plastic equipment where it breaks or is vandalized. And we come in and we repair everything for them at a fraction of the price that it would cost them if they had to replace it. That's awesome. So then... Yeah, then they don't have to completely replace exactly. their exactly. equipment, and that means less trash in their landfills and, exactly. <laughs> and all kinds of good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and everybody loves us because our repairs hold up for years and years, and that's how we're doing this. You know, we're having a lot of word of mouth that's out there that is just growing and growing every year. That's awesome. And I don't think people realize how expensive that playground equipment is to buy. Mm -hmm. Gosh, yes. 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 We we did a job for an HOA in Colorado just last week, and the gal was telling us that it would cost them approximately $20,000 to replace one slide. Gosh. Wow. Yeah. That's... So that, and that price included not only the slide, but it was kind of all-inclusive. It included the demolish, the takeaway, the install. But it's phenomenally expensive. Yeah. And I would imagine it it's a long process to replace this equipment, too, because I bet once you start messing with the playground, you have to do a lot of expensive upgrades, too. Right. Well, yeah, exactly. Sometimes. Oftentimes, the, yeah. uh, the, uh, everything has to come out. If a, if a slide goes bad, they wind up having to replace the entire structure because there is nothing available on the market that will fit in the same place, in the same conditions as the slide that has broken. Right. So they'll wind up spending, uh, they, they can spend anywhere from, you know, a few thousand dollars for a very small set to, I've heard of them going for 40, 40 to $50,000. I mean, they're very advanced ones, but I mean, they're anywhere in the middle. But the bigger thing is that they have to wait many months yeah. in order to receive anything. And they so, have to shut down their whole campground, maybe, to keep kids off of that one part of it. 
Exactly. Did I say campground? You Playground? did. Well, your mind is <laughs> your mind is in the campground. Oh, <laughs> well, we do campgrounds too. So any place that has a playground, they probably don't have to shut down the whole campground just for a broken slide. But. <laughs> no, probably not. No, no. And what does the process take in terms of time frame to repair these things? Um, that really depends on the damage itself and where the damage is and what we have to do to re- make it last a long time. We could complete a repair in an hour if it was super simplistic, but I mean, it takes time to unload the truck and load the truck again. So mm-hmm. that has to be included in there. So if you're looking at that, it's it's usually on a, on a very short side, it's a two hour process. Okay. But there have been times, as a matter of fact, just a few weeks ago where we were literally there for eight hours. Wow. It was a very big repair. But the nice thing is if something is broken, it could be fixed in a day. Then it's, yeah. it's, a, oh, yeah. it's a relatively painless process Absolutely. from that yeah. respect. Yeah. yeah, And it's ready for use immediately after we clean up our tools because it's a welding process. All it needs to do is cool for a few minutes and it's good to go. Oh, okay. Huh. Yeah. Now, how in the world did you get into the <laughs> idea of fixing <laughs> playground equipment? That would not occur to me. Great question. Yeah, well, you know, it just kind of fell into our lap. I was at one point in my life uh, when I was younger, I was suddenly faced with having to find new employment when it wasn't my choice. The company I worked for, Teledyne, they sold out to the Chinese and sent us all home. In any case, long story short, I found a job in a plastics shop and uh, asked a lot of questions. I, I worked there for about two years, asked a lot of questions, learned a lot. And all, all of a sudden, next thing I knew, people were asking to make things that developed into a business, a fabrication. And the next thing I knew, people were coming to us all the time asking to have something repaired. And so we've done kayaks, water tanks for RVs, uh, big water storage tanks uh, that are that you see on big properties, fire truck tanks. We've done all kinds of repairs. And so it just kept growing and growing to the point where we decided, you know what, how about we split the two businesses because we were interested in pursuing the repairs more than the fabrication because we enjoy it more and it's a lot more satisfying to the customer. So we went that direction. And since then, it's just continued to blossom to the point where I'm sure that this year it's at least 75% of our total income. And you travel full time? Correct. Yes. Wow. We still we still technically have our home base in Sacramento because we still do a very limited amount of fabrication. So we periodically go back to Sacramento and usually it's somewhere between 30 days and 90 days at the most. I mean, that's a long time, but <laughs> usually 30 to 60 days. And we get all the fabrication done, all the repairs that are in the Sacramento Valley, and then we move on again. Okay. Yeah. Cause I guess it's hard to make a water tank in the field. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Although I can do it. It's just, I don't think anybody <laughs> wants to pay that much for it. Right. right. But we still, we do not have a, a home. We just, we have a shop building and it's um, not, definitely not a residence. It's just a industrial place. Oh. So, so, when, we do our yeah, so when we're in Sacramento, we're still living in our RV at a campground nearby. Oh, okay. How did you decide you wanted to be full-time RVers at what which came first the the, the I RV guess the slide or, or the, the- <laughs> actually what came first was my fascination with full-time RV living and maybe seven or eight years ago I just really got into a lot of traveling blogs and and thought wow this is really cool and at the time 
we were doing mobile repairs in the California area, but we would be staying in hotels. Right. And we would have to board our dog for, you know, the two or three weeks that we were gone. And we couldn't do much more than that just because of the expenses. Yeah. So I approached Ron and I said, hey, what about if we were to get a rig, you know, a camper and we could, you know, do this and still have the house? And he's like, hmm, I don't know. Let me think about it. So <laughs> so time went by. I, he got more interested and we decided to go for it. So in 2016, we sold our house and bought our first rig and. Now we're on our third rig and it fits us perfectly. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, there were a few things that went into the whole process of the decision. I mean, our family just has scattered all over the country. So one of the things that we wanted to try to do when this all started happening was, how are we going to visit the family? Because obviously we can't expect the family to come to us. Yeah. They never can find you. (laughs) We also wanted to be able to visit them long enough where we're not shooting ourselves in the foot financially all the time. So we wanted to build business. And so that's kind of what we started out with was a few years ago, we we tried developing business in North Carolina. And that, that's where Ron's folks live. Yeah, okay. exactly. Where my folks live. And at the time, our daughter lived in Maryland. So that wasn't too far either. And Renee's brother is in Maryland as well. Anyway, so that's how we started in North Carolina. That was our primary location or hub, if you will. And so that's grown. And then since then, we've had two or three other places in the country that have just started to really blossom for us. And so that enables us to have our selfish things in regard to like seeing our family whenever we want, almost. Right. Just travel the country once or twice a year. That's awesome. So you said you have your third RV now. And so what what RV, how does your rig look? Because I imagine there's a bit of equipment that you have to haul around. Oh, great question, Peggy. So we have a 43-foot Cyclone toy hauler. So the 13-foot garage holds all of our equipment because we have, of course, a huge toolbox. We have our generator for on-site work because, you know, a lot of playgrounds don't have power right there. Right. And then we have an industrial air compressor just because we have industrial-sized tires. (laughs) (laughs) And we also have donated plastic slide pieces that we use for patches. So we built, when we first got the rig, Mm -hmm. we built a storage container for that. It's basically an open box and we bolted it to the floor so it can't move anywhere. And then in our loft is where we have like our Costco size packages, (laughs) (laughs) if you get my drift. And in our under storage is where we have our um, smaller hand tools and, you know, the most stuff that our viewers need. Right, right. The water hoses, the dump hoses and all that good stuff. Any tips for if you have a large rig finding places to stay? I'm the primary campground finder. So I will typically go to rvtripwizard.com. Yep. When you look up campgrounds, there's several different icons, and one of them is a picture of a large rig. So if that is X'd out, I am not going to even bother calling them. Right. And otherwise, I will do a Google Earth of the campground and kind of see what's there. 
you can't really do a street view because, you know, the Google doesn't really drive into the campground. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of have to take the campground host's word for it, whether or not we can fit. <laughs> have you tried <laughs> campground views yet? No. Never heard of it. So campground views is Mark Kep's product. Essentially, it's Google Street View inside of campgrounds. Oh, seriously? Yeah, campgroundviews.com. It's really slick. Oh, wow. I think that they are sort of, uh, what do I say, well-covered kind of in the Colorado, Utah, that sort of part of the country. And I know they're working, of course, on expanding, but I think that's where they have the best coverage. And I think think in, like with recreation.gov, right, with the... Yeah, right now they're predominantly the recreation.gov. Places because okay. they actually you can actually if you see a site and you like it you can actually book it right from Campground Views. Oh, okay, that's cool. That is yeah. great. Yeah, it's a Thank neat you. product. Yeah, okay. yeah, we're looking forward to having him be able to, you know, just for his sake and you know partly for ours, but we don't really have a very large rig, so it's not mm-hmm. usually yeah. a challenge for us. But it's yeah. fun. It's fun to be able to go in there and find a campground and just kind of like a street view, just drive around and. Yeah. Oh, this site has great trees or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. We have friends that also have larger rigs and they're also fifth wheel and they're also full time. So we kind of feed off of each other. Sure. Like, okay, well, Debbie stayed here, so I know I can stay here. Or, <laughs> you know, Jody stayed here, so I think I might stay here because she's got a shorter motorhome. You know, right, that kind of right. So it's it's kind of cool. Does the repair material come primarily from broken older material or is it is a lot of it like a new and I don't know why I have this in my head but I see mm-hmm. like bags of poly beads that you melt down. <laughs> that wouldn't really be effective uh, for what we're kind of what we're the types of things that we're repairing. Cuz you can't really fill a hole with a bunch of beads. <laughs> well, yeah, and and that's a, that's a different type of welding. Yeah, and, okay. and there are there are material conditions that are going to be against you and there's there's more to it than that, but yeah, primarily we use older material. Okay. You know, without getting into too much specifics on that part. Yeah, it's it's primarily donated to us. Okay. So you just kind of make like a like a patch. Exactly. And, yeah. and weld it into the to the hole or the crack in the Okay. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Because yeah. there are there are, you know, occasions when a slide is just beyond repair. Sure. So we've told all of our customers when the time comes that you that we can't fix it anymore, let us know and and uh we would love your donated materials. Okay. So so they do. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yep. When you do these things, you have to color match everything, right? So is that just a, a tenting of the well, material or do you just have to use something that already matches? Yeah, yeah. There is no tinting of the material, but we, we do the best that we can with color matching. Mm-hmm. There are times where you really can't tell them. And if you didn't know that we were there, you wouldn't know it was ever broken. Uh-huh. But the majority of the time, it's it's really challenging because of UVs that have damaged it and and physical you know, things like shoes and grit and all that kind of stuff that change the appearance of the material. So we, we typically get pretty close, but we can never guarantee anybody that it'll be invisible, but we're really happy when it is. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
what are some of the biggest challenges you face doing this job on the road? Oh, weather. Uh, weather is yeah, number weather. one. Oh, yeah. That and as of recently or relatively recently, availability of campsites. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's sure. A, oh, I, you know, I hadn't even thought of that. <laughs> one of the things that we face is that we cannot plan too far in advance. Right. Because when weather doesn't play fair with us, our plans change. We don't have a choice. Yeah. Because of the way that we work, there is no, we'll come back another day. Because that would mean probably we'll come back another year or could mean that. Yeah. So, yeah. So the weather constantly affects us. So we cannot make plans very far out because weather's too unpredictable. Mm-hmm. So that's really the biggest challenge. Yeah. But that, that leads to the campgrounds yeah. where we try to get into a campground and it's full or because it's we can only plan like out like a week yeah. in advance we Maybe really two can weeks. yeah sometimes two weeks just depending on where we are and what the weather patterns are right yeah and do you find a lot of problems with having such a large trailer a large rig sometimes yeah, yeah. it's it's not as bad as some people might think okay but, uh, good good to know times. yeah yeah there yeah. are times where you know we always try to make sure that whoever we're speaking with on at, at a campground you know that they truly understand uh, but there's been a couple of times where we've arrived and said, "Oh my goodness, no, 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 that's not gonna, that's not gonna take us." So, but it's okay. Most of the time, it works out fine. Yeah, that's interesting. You'd think that they would have, being in the campground business, they would have an idea. But I've seen, I've been at campgrounds that were smaller where someone pulled in with a big fifth wheel or a really large class A and I'm thinking, where in the world are they going to put that? <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 We squeezed into some that we really just had no choice because there was absolutely nothing else available. And it takes a half, you know, it can take 20 minutes, 20, 30 minutes just to get it into the spot. Because <laughs> you're going yes. I mean, it did, one I'm thinking of in particular in Virginia, it was a beautiful spot, actually, North Carolina was a beautiful spot though once we got it in there and we were there for five nights so the all the work to get it in there was worth it was worth it yeah and do you folks have some favorite places or parts of the country that you enjoy since you get to see so much of it Mm. well i can tell you right now we're near a resort town just outside of mccall idaho and it is gorgeous here except for the Smoky skies, but that's okay. Which is our fault. <laughs> Not my fault. Uh, but there's pine trees. It, you you go out at night and there's absolutely zero noise. Wow! And just it's gorgeous. So, and our daughter lives here, so you know. Oh, that's always that good. Helps. Yeah. But we also love the Lancaster, Pennsylvania area. Okay. I don't know if you've been there yet, but it's it's rolling hills. It's the Amish. It's a slower pace of life, and yeah. it's just we so haven't. Pretty. Yeah, we didn't get to go that far. We got to Indiana and then had to head west mm-hmm. again, and oh, okay. kind of had to miss Pennsylvania. But that's on our on our list for the next time we're <laughs> we're out that way. Gotcha. Yeah, the Amish country just fascinates us. I mean, yeah. we love being out there. It's, right. it's peaceful. So it's, it's yeah, and everything's handmade, you know. It's yeah. just it's just fun to be there. Um, yeah, and the food. Don't yeah. forget the food. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yes, definitely. Oh my goodness. And you know, they uh, at certain campgrounds we found out because we stayed at one on a particular day of the week, Amish will come to the campground door to door with a cart full of goods, baked goods oh. and grown goods and all kinds of stuff. Oh my gosh. Best yeah. tomato 
ever. Yeah. Well, that, you know what? Adding food to any conversation just automatically ups that destination for us (laughs) makes it more important to get there yeah that's for sure yeah is it mostly just playground equipment and slides or have you also repaired some of the like figures like the i don't know giant dinosaurs or mini golf things that kind of stuff well it depends on what type of plastic it is Typically, it's called a polyethylene, and sometimes the figurines on the playgrounds are that same material. So, yes, we have done that before. There's, there was actually a playground that there were a couple of dinosaurs for the kids to climb on and slide down and just smaller ones. And, yeah, we fixed them. Okay. Huh. There's also, like, the climbing structures with the fake rocks that are put on there. Mm-hmm. We repaired cracks in those as well. Okay. Yeah. Most of the newer plastic playground pieces we are able to fix. Okay. That's good. And in regard to the RV industry, we haven't, well, actually, technically, we have come across one person already. If the timing is right, we also repair RV freshwater and gray water tanks. Oh, we could, we could have, have used, used you. you a few months ago. Yeah, I, I busted my freshwater <laughs> tank. Almost any RVer says that. Oh, man. Yeah, so one time, it, it was ironic because we were in Sacramento, but now that we don't have a home anymore, it all counts as on the road because we live from our RV. So when we were in Sacramento, we did have one customer that caught us while we were there and brought his RV tank to us. And I repaired it in my RV. (laughs) Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Interesting. Yeah, because he was leaving the next day and we couldn't get to our shop and it just happened to work out perfectly. Yeah, he brought it to our RV and I repaired it right here and then he hooked it up again. Yeah. Wow. Those make really great stories and really great relationships when things just fall together and you're like, no, I can't. There's no way. Wait, hold on. If I do this, I can do that. Yeah, let's go for it. Well, Ron and Renee, we sure do appreciate you spending some time with us and letting us know about what you do and your travels and how you how you keep those kids happy and safe. <laughs> yeah, well, that's honestly, yeah, we love that we are able to help the kids. And oftentimes they're just they're biting at the mouth. At just, the caution tape. Just <laughs> Yeah, they're all open, open, open. <laughs> yeah, yeah there have been a number of times where we've had uh, several kids that are just so excited to get back onto the playground. It's really fulfilling, it's actually. very rewarding. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. One thing we didn't talk about, and I'm just curious, mm-hmm. when you do these things, you have to color match everything, right? So is that just a, a tenting of the well, material, or do you just have to use something that already matches? Yeah, yeah. There is no tinting of the material, but we we do the best that we can with color matching. Mm -hmm. There are times where you really can't tell them. And if you didn't know that we were there, you wouldn't know it was ever broken. Uh But the majority of the time, it's it's really challenging because of UVs that have damaged it and and physical things like shoes and grit and all that kind of stuff that change the appearance of the material. So we, we typically get pretty close, but we can never guarantee anybody that it'll be invisible, but we're really happy when it is. Right. (laughs) Yeah. We really appreciate your time and wish you a lot of continued success and happiness. And thank you. And if somebody has a homeowners association or a campground or a playground or uh, anything like that, and they'd like to get hold of you, what's the best way to find you? 
Well, the easiest way would be just to contact us at polymenders.com. If they want to send photos right now, we are limited to having them come through an email or a text. An email could be mine or Renee's. Mine is ron at polymenders.com. Renee is R-E-N-E at polymenders.com. Okay. And we'll write those down in our show notes so that people can find them easily. Excellent. Thank you. And uh, our phone number is area code 916-757-9133. Okay. Sounds good. Well, we encourage uh, you if you think that that slide is a little... Not the slide on your motorhome. Well, if you have a slide on the motorhome, that would be cool too. But, That's but uh, actually, that would be kind of cool. The emergency exit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I could see. Uh-oh, uh-oh, here he here goes. We go. I could see like having a slide that goes from the roof down to, you know, the ground or whatever. And yeah. it's like, hey, I'll be right there. Wee. Oh, that'd be cool. <laughs> we saw a boat with one of those on it. Oh, yeah. Are any thinking of that? Swimming pool slides, are they made of, of poly or no, usually those are usually fiberglass? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. They use fiberglass yeah. and or ABS or PVC. Yeah. Different. Once they go, because they've been so, well, the fiberglass is different. I can't talk about that. But the other plastic ones, once they go, the UVs have attacked it so much, they're not repairable. Anymore. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get on and it breaks in half and all your friends laugh at you. <laughs> Not that yeah, I have exactly. any experience with that. <laughs> Sounds like another story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Ron and Renee, thank you again so much for joining us today. We hope that we run into you somewhere on the road. And Definitely. now every time I use a kitty slide, I'm going to, oh, wait. Um, every time I watch Tony on the kitty slide, what? <laughs> I think we'll try to look for repairs and see. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we'll do our best great. not to damage them. But if we do, we'll give you a call. <laughs> That's awesome. Sounds Thank good, you, guys. Both. Thank you both. Oh, Thank you're welcome. You. Thank you. our camping reservations no everything's full we might have to rethink our trip no way did you look at boondockers welcome you remember they have hosts all over the place where we can stay free some that are totally off-grid camping and some with partial and even full hookups there's all kinds of great places to overnight of course and we even have a coupon code to join boondockers welcome on our partners page You could save five bucks when you sign up. How could I forget? There are all kinds of great places we can find on the Boondockers Welcome website. Our trip is saved. And speaking of saving money, we will, since there's no charge to stay at any Boondockers Welcome site. It's the best deal out there, and it's a great way to meet local hosts and stay in local places and expand our journey. Well, I'm going to finish planning our epic road trip, and it's going to be even better with stays we find on the Boondockers Welcome website. And it's so easy to locate hosts along your next epic adventure. We are back. And, you know, you just heard advertisement for Boondockers Welcome. And we got to stay at a house on the way here to Vegas that was a Boondockers Welcome. Yes, it was Uh, lovely. Well, not only that, but they had Starlink. The yeah. <laughs> Elon Musk internet service. And my gosh, it was fast. 
Yeah, it was great. It was great internet service. It also happened, even though this isn't a requirement or anything that you should expect regularly, but this Boondockers welcome site had electricity. So we were lucky enough to be able to have, he, he, he almost insisted that we plug in and turn on our air conditioner because it was hot. It really wasn't that miserable, but I mean, he made us use it. So <laughs> yeah, we brought along on this two-month road trip, we took a little gamble, as it were. Hey, we're in Vegas. We're, oh, uh, we're gambling, yeah. yeah. But anyway, we gambled a wee bit and only brought our Jackery and the four solar panels. And I have tested the Jackery to see if it will run our air conditioner with the RV Soft Start. And yes, it will for a short period a little of while yeah so we didn't bring a generator we didn't bring our regular portable solar panel we just brought the jackery to see what would happen and knew that if it's not working out we're just going to have to spend more time in campgrounds and less time boondocking and that's the trade-off that we were willing to risk so we'll see if that was a wise decision you know we'll keep you up to date here on the podcast but we also have a, I guess it's a gadget. Yeah. So it's the RV Thin Shade. And what this is, is it's on just about every travel trailer door that has a window, except now some of these new travel trailers with the all glass doors, which I just don't get. Don't oh, like. Whatever, whatever. Yeah. The RV door windows, <laughs> the windows in the door on your <laughs> RV <laughs> are pretty much all the same size. And some of them come with that frosted, I call it bathroom glass window. But what was happening with ours is just over time, the glass had started to, for lack of a better description, roll down. So it was kind open. of slide. Yeah, it was kind of sliding out of the frame a little bit. And so the very top, like quarter inch, half inch of the window frame was like a rolled down window it was open yeah and yeah. we we have a schedule tomorrow to get our camper washed and we all of a sudden thought well shoot we probably better fix that window before someone starts hosing down the camper yeah <laughs> yeah with a pressure washer then it'd be water inside which you don't want so we went to the big rv retailer that we've all heard of and bought a rv thin shade and we installed that in the trailer. And there's a full article about it, including a bunch of fun pictures. But it was a relatively easy process. The one that was at Camping World has a tinted window. And the tint, to me, really matches well the tinted frameless windows on our Rockwood Mini Light. Yeah, yeah. I was impressed with how closely, at least from the outside, it looks. It's not a frosted piece of glass. It's proper glass but with the tint and then there's a shade like the window shades in so many rvs that rolls up and down it's called a thin shade because it fits so you you just take the old window assembly out which is 16 screws and then screw this new window in with the shade and bing bang boom it was 10 minutes yeah so what we've been doing since we've had that frosted window and not a tented window is we had one of those pieces of i forget what it's called now reflectix. but that reflectix yeah the like aluminum 
bubble wrap, yeah. <laughs> aluminum foil bubble wrap. I think because the window was failing a little bit, that bubble wrap, that Reflectix was starting to disintegrate a little bit. But we put that in, and it was kind of permanently attached with some Velcro because we wanted the darkness of the window. And so now we'll have the tinted window that we'll have, and then we've got the shade. So when we want the darkness or when we don't want people to look in, we'll have the shade closed. But when we want a little bit of light, we can open that shade. So that's another advantage to having this style of window in our door. Yeah, and so if you want to do this, you know, there's an article there about it and it's really easy. It was really easy. You'd use a screwdriver and we only used a ladder so I could stand outside because we were paranoid about the outside falling out while he was screwing from the inside. Yeah, once the sandwich is sort of finished, that's what holds it all together. But if you haven't got it all screwed together, you will, you can very easily drop the piece of glass, which would make you sad. Yeah. So that anyway, been very sad. RV Thin Shade. Yeah, we're very excited to have it. Last of all, our question of the week, which you can find on our Fun and Friendly Facebook page. And by the way, I've been fiddling with the website a little bit, and I realized that our Fun and Friendly Facebook page was not linked on our website, even though we keep saying it oh was. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I know. <laughs> promises, promises. But anyway, it is linked now. So if you're looking at it on a confuser, at the top of every page, there are the social links on the upper right corner. Now there are two... Facebook links. Is this right? That is correct. One is for the Stressless Camping Podcast group. Correct. That's the one on the furthest right. And that's where we usually have a lot of interaction on the questions of the week and other things. And then there is the Facebook page for the business Stressless Camping. Correct. And we make a lot of announcements there and it's a little less interactive, but it's more an easier way to keep track of what we're up to. Yeah, and we try to share fun stuff. We just about every day post something and, mm -hmm. and there's sometimes tips and links and stuff that we think you might find interesting. So anyway, those are both there now as they should have been for the past two years. And so if you haven't already joined the group, hit that link to join the podcast group and go read these questions of the week and answer them. And this week, last week, I should say, we asked if you had a preference on types of refrigerators. As you know, 12-volt refrigerators are becoming a little more popular. A lot of people still like their two-way gas electric. I think back in the day, it seems like it was a lot more popular to have the three-way and have all different kinds, but that doesn't seem to be as prevalent these days. But we were just wondering, like, does, do you have preference? Do you care? Do you what do you like? What do you not like? Well, I think in the olden days, like you look at our 1970 aristocrat and that refrigerator is what I would call a bar size fridge, right? And that was very mm -hmm. common. They mm -hmm. didn't have almost residential size RV refrigerators in those days, to my knowledge. Now there are 18 cubic foot four door Correct. RV specific refrigerators. So refrigerators have changed. So we asked what, you know, would you like one of the new 12 volt refrigerators or residential or the old standby, the gas electric. And for the most part, I think our group may have mostly boondockers because that was the preference was the gas electric fridge. Propane works really well for running a refrigerator really efficiently. We used it a lot, a lot, a lot this summer. We were surprised at how little we trickled through that propane tank. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. For example, we've been here at the resort now, what, three days? Yeah. And our 
trailer has been sitting in a RV park, but you you can rent just space there, and even the battery is still on is still full. Our Odyssey AGM battery on the tongue is yeah. still full, so. So we just have the refrigerator running on propane. So we left some food in there because we didn't need it all here with us. And it's not hardly taking any power up and yeah. keeping it running, which is nice. The 12, of course, if we had a 12 volt refrigerator, we'd probably have a solar panel on the roof and that would be, we wouldn't have to worry about that either. So yeah, the 12 volt fridge, we would probably have at least two good solar panels on the roof. Anyway, in that group, one of the cool things is Kristen mentioned that she was having some issues with her two-way fridge. And thanks to advice from Roger Ford, who is probably the country's leading RV refrigerator expert, got it resolved. And you can hear, we'll also put a link to this, but podcast number 11, way back then, was uh, our interview with Roger Ford from Ford's RV Refrigeration. They are just the experts nationwide, but also super people. Yes. One of the things I remember the Fords telling us is that a lot of people think my refrigerator isn't working. I need to tear it out and buy a new one and throw this away. And he almost always can figure out what's wrong with it and replace a part and get it working again. Yeah. They're, they're just really terrific. And I like the they're sort of green way of looking at things, fix instead of trash. Yep, so yep. episode 11. So this week I saw a question on Facebook and it got me thinking. I wanted to know more answers. When you're in camp, do you turn the water heater on? And I'm, I'm thinking maybe we're talking about plugged in camp, but whatever, answer whatever way is right for you. Do you leave the water heater on the whole time that you're in a place? Or do you turn it off when you're not using it? Yeah, it seems to be a, a topic of debate. I don't know if there's any one answer. I don't answer. think there's a wrong or right answer. Unless you've turned off the water to your rig, as we advise. Well, correct. And then I would advise turning off the water heater yeah, as well. Yeah, you probably don't want your water heater running if you don't have pressurized water because... You don't want that tank to somehow empty out and then be heating air. Yeah, because they don't like to do that. Yeah, you'll burn out your heating element. Hey, Peggy. Huh? Is your refrigerator running? No, I'm going to go catch it. Yeah, is your water <laughs> heater running? Better catch it before it runs out in the street, gets hit by a bus. <laughs> I've been dying. Oh, you're to... showing your age, man. Hey, there's still buses <laughs> nowadays. Yeah, but... Prank calls are kind of... I know, you can't... You know, what do kids... What do these kids do today? You know, you can't just dial someone and they already know who you they are nowadays. They know who you are. And first of all, who the heck uses the phone to talk anymore? But anyway, you text someone. Is your refrigerator running? <laughs> I mentioned the, the phone and mine just said something to me. I think... That old lady in the phone is still listening to me. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't know if you know, but I know. And now you know that we do a once a week newsletter and it is totally, absolutely, and completely free. It is free indeed. All you need to do is go on our website and sign up for the newsletter. We'll send you an email once a week. It'll remind you that the podcast is coming out and it'll give you other news that we've seen in the RV world that we think would be nice to share with you. Yeah, including this week we talk about how much money was raised in the Drab to Fab trailer that we talked about so oh, much. Oh yeah. So, lots of information that we think you might like in that newsletter. And again, of course, we never share your info with anybody else. It's 
we appreciate the privilege of having your contact info. That's of course, right. We are in all the social places, but you can find us at stresslesscamping.com. From there, you can jump off into all the places we are, including our group. And now you actually can find yeah. all the places. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> and don't forget while you're there at stresslesscamping.com to check out our deals and discounts page for the best deals on things you'll need for your stressless camping adventure. And if you've got a great deal for our audience, let us know. We're always interested in sharing your specials. And of course, if you don't want to miss a future episode of the Stressless Camping Podcast, that's free too! And you can subscribe on any podcast app. We're saving you a seat around our virtual campfire. And if you get a moment, do us a favor, would you? Stop in and leave us a review. We really appreciate those reviews. We've been getting them. They actually are, we are watching our ratings go up. And what that does really is Apple tells more people about us and then we get more listeners. Then we get more interaction on questions of the week. And we get continually better guests. That's right. Because they want to talk to all of you. Yeah, it's, it's a simple thing. So we really appreciate your reviews is the bottom line. Anyway, thank you for joining us from not a campground this week. <laughs> Next week, we will be back on the road again. And until then, happy camping. We hope you learned a lot, had some fun and got some tips for your next stressless camping adventure. We're honored by your reviews on Apple Podcasts, which helps others find us too. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on the adventure. And we look forward to your joining us next week. Until then, happy camping.